You huddle in the house waiting for the entrance of the honored guest, ready to yell, Happy Birthday! But as we continue our journey to Christmas with our study leader, Dave Wordson, instead of a joyous surprise birthday party, there is a cold night of rejection in Bethlehem, a rejection that the promised Messiah received when he walked through the door into the world he had made. Christmas is like a surprise birthday party. How many of you have ever participated in a surprise birthday party? You've all done the routine, right? You get the invitation, you arrive a half an hour early, you park in back of the building, the the home we're going to be, try not to line the street where the surprise birthday party is going to be. Then you kind of mill around. You guys are eyeing the table. You know, there's candies there, those special chocolates, and there's pecan pie. And most of all, there's a designer cake with all the candles on it. And you're talking, there's some hors d'oeuvres that you're eating. Then suddenly the hostess says, shh, shh, you need to be quiet. Listen to me. They're just about a block away because now we've got the cell phones. We can coordinate it all. So all of a sudden we get really quiet. We douse the lights and the, the hostess says, now listen. When you need to all get here in the foyer and when the, the honored guest arrives, we want to shout surprise and sing happy birthday. So you're all ready. The lights get doused. And you hear the door slam on the car. You hear the footsteps coming up. You hear them talking. And then you see the doorknob turn. You open the door. And instead of a surprise this time, there's just a very few, just a very few that yell surprise and sing happy birthday. In fact, there was the family that was flown in all the way to surprise their son, but It's really weird. At this surprise party, the family's way over in the living room. Some of them are still just eating their hors d'oeuvres. And worst of all, there's two of the brothers that are actually angrily fighting. I mean, they're arguing over whether or not the son should be included as a legitimate part of their family. And what was supposed to be a joyous celebrating evening instead becomes a night of rejection. He said, Dave, what are you talking about? I'm talking about when the Messiah came into the world the very first time and God wanted us to have a great surprise birthday party. He was rejected. In John chapter 1, turn to John chapter 1. It's the first century record. It's the first century hymn that we've been studying that the early church would sing together. And we've been coming through. We've learned that this incredible word, the Logos, existed before time, before creation. We learned that he was in creation, that he was the one that brought all things into being. We heard the last time we were together that John the Baptist, the last Old Testament prophet, sounded the trumpet. The kingdom of God is at hand. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The door opens and the Messiah walks in. And what do we read? It says in John chapter 1, verse 10, look at it. He was in the world. See that? Those of you that are saying, well, I don't know if I can find the answer. I don't know if there's intelligent life out there. What I want you to know that John's gospel is telling you something really important. It's saying that the ultimate intelligence, the ultimate power, the ultimate creator, the ultimate artist that created this world, specifically us as human beings. It says he actually, incredibly, the story of Christmas is that he's in the world. The great Logos, the great ultimate second person of the Trinity. Jesus isn't just a great teacher. You need to really understand that. Jesus isn't just a great prophet. He's not just a great moral reformer. Jesus is your creator. You're existing today 
because of Jesus. It says that he was in the world and that the world came to be through him. In fact, what we learned the last time we're together, that in him was life and light. Every single one of you in this audience, every single person that last night gathered and watched the Cowboys play, every single person, six billion people around the world, or six and a half billion people around the world, what the incredible Christmas story is that every single one of them is alive because of the word, because of Jesus. He was in the world. The world of human beings is what really is the focus here. And Everything came to be through him. You would expect the world to stop and say, oh, unbelievable, the creator has come. But it says he was in the world, the world was made by him, but the creator was rejected. It says, and the world didn't recognize him. You're going to leave this week, some of you, and you're going to find out that the world doesn't recognize him. And a lot of you believers get all upset about that, but you need to understand that that's part of the story of Christmas and you need to ask yourself, as I go into the office this week and as I'm here today, do I recognize him? Do I know who he is? The very first thing I want you to know that John is telling you, he's the creator. Do you realize that? Do you realize that you are living today in your physical life and everybody that you got to work with, your boss, the doctors that you work with, the people that work at the cement plant with you, everywhere you're going to go, all over the metroplex, you can go to Hong Kong, anywhere you go. Jesus is the creator of everybody that you meet. And he's come into the world, and he wants us to recognize him. You will say, well, I just don't get it, because most people I talk to don't recognize him. Well, John told you, the creator came, and he wasn't recognized. Here's a worse problem. Remember those brothers fighting in the corner of the living room, the surprise party? If, if you fly a family in, you're going to have a big surprise party. You go, man, this is it, man. This is going to be awesome. The family's going to run and hug him when he comes to the door. And this is a glorious reunion. He came onto his own. Let's look at the next verse. He came onto his own. And what did his own do? Everybody tell me. He came onto his own. His own received him not. One of the great enigmas of all of human history is Jesus was Jewish. One of my college students, world religion, I write him at the, on the last exam. They can say, what did you get out of this class? And I expect them to write, oh, I met a great, incredible teacher. It was awesome. No, not really. One of my students wrote it. I just was just reading it. Their last line, what did you get out of this class? I just can't believe it. Jesus is Jewish. <laughs> oh, you know what? Now they know at the end of the semester, Jesus was born not in Jerusalem, but in. Amen. And they all got it. Nobody flunked that one. But one of the great enigmas of history, you know that Jesus is Jewish and Jesus came to his own. The creator was rejected by all the world of mankind. But the greatest struggle is he was rejected by his own people. One of the great questions of all of human history is what did the physical sons of Abraham not receive? But a lot of you will go on and say, well, man, you know, none of them received him. And that isn't true. Tons of people that I meet, Jesus is for Gentiles. He's not for Jews. And they're totally unaware that the whole beginning of our movement, the whole first Christmas had nothing but Jews there. No Gentiles at all involved until the wise men arrive about two years later. He came unto his own and his own received him not. Maybe you're a kid here today and you've been raised with this Jesus since you were a kid. You're kind of like Jesus' own family, not the physical Jewish family. But you've been raised with all this stuff, but you don't recognize him. Like, I want to ask every one of you, he came to his own. He came to his very own family, and his own received him now. Christopher Hitchens is one of the four horsemen, not the four horsemen Notre Dame football players, 
But Christopher Hitchens won the four horsemen. He was the atheist. There's been a powerful atheistic movement in the United States since 9-11. And Christopher Hitchens was in Britisher, trained at Oxford, the most eloquent of all the atheists. And Christopher Hitchens had written one book after another, bestsellers, saying there isn't any God. There's no creator. Jesus is a bunch of crap. That's what he said. In fact, he says when he got esophageal cancer, he said, a lot of my Christian friends are praying that I will be converted near the end. But if you ever hear Christopher Hitchens say, I believe that Jesus is the son of God, I humbly accept him as my savior and I receive his blood to forgive me. You'll know that the real Christopher Hitchens never said that. That's a madman that is being deluded as he goes through the last vestiges of human life. That's what he said. Well, this morning, Christopher Hitchens is gone. He was 62 years of age. He's a brilliant writer. He had an incredible career. And at the end of his life, he said, I'm glad I smoked all those cigarettes. I'm glad I drank all those beers. I'm thankful that I got drunk. Because I've had an incredible, you know what, of a ride. And he said, I've done my own thinking. I've lived my own life. And what I want you to know this morning is that Christopher Hitchens is dead. And sadly, he doesn't even realize he probably died before he should have. Because Jesus is the author of life. And the word delivers us from smoking. We don't have to smoke too much. Because Jesus can give us a new life and set us free. We don't have to drink till all out of the night trying to hide our sorrows. We don't have to blow our marriages apart like he did. That's what Christmas is about. And the really sad thing, don't get angry at Christopher Hitchens. Get angry at, he came into his own because Christopher Hitchens just found out that he was Jewish. His mom never told him. He's another one of God's physical children. He came into his own. His own received him not. But you know what Christmas is about? But it's many. Aren't those great words? But as many as received him, to them gave he power. Look at the next verse. But as many as received him, verse 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become what? The children of God. God's own personal family. You can receive and become God's personal family. And I want to tell you something. It's different. You say, well, Dave, how do I do that? How do I get born into God's family? A whole bunch of you think, well, man, my family is really important. My blood family. Like I was born the son of a very famous evangelist. My whole life, anywhere I went to church in the East Coast or if I went to some meeting of Christians, I was Jack Wurtzen's son. That's why I moved to Texas because nobody cared less when I moved to Texas. But you know what I had to realize? God could care less that I was born Jack Wurtzen's son. That my physical mom and dad could not do one single thing by my physical birth to get me into God's family. I could be born into Jack and Marge Wurtzen's family by an act of Jack and Marge. But I couldn't get born into the eternal heavenly family except not by my human birth. The second thing, born not of bloods, that's what it literally says, they're not of physical birth, or of an act of flesh. Some of you, deep in your heart, you're just saying, man, Dave, this has been a great service. Man, I love that singing. I'm going to work harder. 
I'm going to try to live a better life. I know I mess up really badly, but I promise you, I'm going to suck it up. And God says to you this morning, you'll never get born into my family the way you won football games. My coaches told me over and over again, suck it up, Wurtson. Come on, we trained you. You can do this. Try harder. Man, I get in the huddle. Come on, guys. You need to block, man. We can do this together. And by an act of human flesh, we would win ball games. And the scripture is saying, no way. Some of you that are really good athletes, you're trained. You can suck it up. You can do it. You know what the Christmas story is? You're going to have to say, no, I'm not. That's what John is telling us. It's an incredible, wondrous story. It's not because of the family you're born in. It's not because you're strong. It's not because you got great power. And then it says, not by an act of the human will. There's absolutely nothing you can do in your own willpower. This is totally different than the American story. America tells you constantly, you can do this. Come on, you can do that. And what I want you to know the Christmas story is, no, you can't. There's not one of you in this room that can do one single fleshly human arrogant thing to get to heaven. You say, well, Dave, what do I need to do? It says not by bloods, not by an act of flesh, not by an act of the human will, but born of God. But as many as received him, to as many as believe in his name, they'll never perish. They'll have eternal life that lasts forever and ever. You know what? God had a surprise for you this morning. You see, God sent his one and only son, and he was rejected by most people. He was rejected by his own people. But for 2,000 years now, there's been as many. There's those that humbly say, Jesus, I just can't believe it. It blows me away. That you'll make me one of your children. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to discipline myself to do it. I just need to admit that I'm dark and sinful and rebellious and prideful and arrogant and lying. I just need to admit that I need you to die on the cross for me where John's gospel's headed. And then I just need to believe that you actually did rise again from the dead. You were not only born of the Virgin Mary, but you died, poured out your blood for me, and then you rose again from the dead. And because you rose again from the dead, right now this morning, you have the power to make me one of those as many as believed in him. Let's pray. You know, God wants to give you a surprise birthday party that will never end. Are you absolutely sure that at this Christmas season, I know for sure that God has birthed me. Are you absolutely sure in the depth of your heart that you're one of God's children? You say, Dave, no, I'm not. Well, you can make sure right now. You can become one of those, as many as received things. You say, Dave, what do I need to do? Right where you're sitting, just say, Jesus, I'm not going to reject you. Can you say that? Jesus, I'm not going to reject you anymore. Deep in the very center of my being, Jesus, I receive you. I receive your forgiveness because you died for me. I receive your resurrected life. Right now I ask you, birth me. Cause me to be born into your family. If you prayed what I just said to you, Jesus, I want to receive you. I claim Calvary to forgive me. 
I believe in the resurrection. That in a moment of time, it said, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the son of God. Lord, I pray that as most of my brothers and sisters have made this decision, I pray that John chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, would be a message that they share out there in the marketplace. I just ask you, Lord, that we would see tremendous light in life in our family gatherings. I pray that we would see incredible power of new life in our office parties. I just ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would take this incredible, joyous, surprise birthday. And I pray that we'll see a lot of our friends surprised by joy in the next few days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.